Listening to another episode of a Mindful Moment podcast. I'm your host, Will Nichols, and I thank you for taking a moment to be mindful with me. I'm here with Brent. What's up, Brent? How you doing, Will? Oh, buddy, we're ready because this is the Scorpio season overview and forecast for the uh, month of October to November. And this is going to be a little bit different from our previous podcast in that we're not going to make it a giant three and a half hour podcast. Instead, we're going to break it up. So this first hour, hour and a half is going to be uh, specifically about the energy and the intention is to provide a deeper understanding of what Scorpio is and what it represents and the journey of Scorpio, as well as what is in store in general. Uh, meaning ingresses and the full and new moon and, you know, the big, the big major events that are occurring in this season. To give you a clear understanding of that, we will do a second podcast, which will be available uh, soon after, which will be the specific horoscopes for each of the rising signs like we always do. So stay tuned for that. But this one specifically is about understanding what is the essence of Scorpio, what is it that we are experiencing and creating during this season and how can we uh, utilize this to and this is the only time or it won't be the only time but it'll be one of the few times i will use the word transformation how can we utilize this energy for our own inner transformation to create and to transmute which will actually be probably a more utilized word uh what is into something that is greater than what is so the energy of scorpio as we dive into it is really going to revolve around that understanding of this idea and this process of of transmutation taking ourselves from one state and initiating ourselves into another state and we're going to kick off the podcast by just diving into a little bit about what it means to uh to kind of work with the Scorpio energy, the evolution of Scorpio, and um, where to go from here. So uh, once again, Brent, thanks for hanging out and uh, for contributing to this epic, well, now it's a two-part podcast. So yeah, happy to have you back, brother. I, I'm happy to be back as well. I love doing these podcasts because uh, when I get to sit down and just talk for you know an hour and 30 minutes or so, and just to uh, speak about what each of the seasons really means. It uh, gives me some time to uh, get get a, a nice monthly overview. Uh, enjoy talking with you as well, Will, because uh, we both really just overtly uh, love talking about astrology twenty four seven. Yep. And so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Let's do it, bro. All right. Well, first I want to just kind of dive into the process of of Scorpio and all that that entails. So if we just start from the beginning, um, Scorpio being fixed water, uh, Scorpio is a sign of initiation. Scorpio is representative of the scorpion. And if we look at the first, the triad of water signs, we look at Pisces as being the 
sign that is immersed in the vastness of the ocean, you know, and that's representative of the kind of idea or archetype of Neptune. And, and we see this as a fish being just flowing through the endless ocean and understanding that connection with the divine through just the supreme vastness of understanding oneness. You know, there is no difference between the fish and the ocean. You know, there is just a symbiotic uh, experience between the two of them. And if we look at cancer and the crab, there is this idea of, of, of being grounded still, you know, being, being rooted, you know, crabs aren't just floating through, uh, the deep, deep oceans. They're, they're, they're on the ground, they're crawling, uh, and they are collecting things along their way. They are, um, learning and growing and, and, and having real physical types of experiences along the ground, which creates the, the foundation for them to, you know, build and, and, and create and hold on to. And you see that idea of collection with uh, with cancer. You see the idea of, you know, expansive awareness or oneness or, uh, you know, Christ consciousness, unity consciousness in Pisces. And then you see Scorpio. And it's like, well, a scorpion is not an aquatic being. Uh, it doesn't exist in the water, right? There's no... I don't, I don't know if there is water scorpions. Maybe there is. But uh, in general, when we think about scorpions, like these are desert creatures. So why on earth are they associated with water? Well, you have this idea or this archetype of, you know, within Scorpio of learning how to fight the battle, learning how to overcome the lower tendencies of the self, learning how to overcome the tendencies of one's uh, mechanism in order to survive or thrive. And the archetype of that that is that we see present within Scorpions and Scorpio is this idea that, first of all, they can go for the longest out of, like, if we look at all the other water signs, like, fish need water to survive. They will die without that connection. Pisces, in the same way, need that connection with the divine in some way, or they will dry up. They will die inside. Right, cancers need to be, uh, and and crabs need to be grounded on the on the on the sandy bottom. Right, they need to have some sort of foundational base. Right, this is the idea of cancers and home base and 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 having that connection to home and family in the past. They need to have that that foundation. They can't just be floating through, you know, the the ocean uh, in that kind of dreamy state. Right, Pisces can can thrive like that, but not cancers. They need to be, you know, grounded on the bottom. In the same way, Scorpios need to be reminded of their, I guess you could say, ability to create from nothing, to transmute the present experience. And how that's manifested in the kind of idea of a scorpion is they can go for like months without water, right? They can be like buried within the sand and still survive. Uh, and they they store the water like within their bodies, within their, their exoskeletons, right? So that, the water... And the idea of Scorpio as it's presented in the way that I'm talking is the water is within. The water is always within, right? The the connection, which is what water represents, the emotions, the connection to the divine, it's always there. It's never left. And the idea of Scorpio being the sign ruling initiation and in a, in a sense the sign ruling awakening is this idea that when we can remember 
and come to a moment of complete remembrance. And complete remembrance means it's an integrated experience of remembrance. It's not, uh, I get it now, but then I'll just forget it tomorrow. It's the idea that I get it and I'm, I'm continuing to get it every single day because it's not a one and done process either. And that's the difficulty is, you know, if you have to break a habit, you have to continue to pursue these ideas. You have to, you have to bring in new habits to basically out uh, rank the habits as they're operating in your own kind of state of, of being. So in the same way, going back to this notion of, of, of scorpions and, and the idea of Scorpio, it's like the recognition that we have always been connected and the disconnect or the quote unquote battle through the physical realm is in fact an illusion. And that illusion uh, is transcended through the, the higher knowing or the higher awareness of I'm always connected, right? I'm that that connection is never, um, it, it's never not been. It always has been, and it always will be, and it cannot not be because that is. There's no separation there. It doesn't mean that we're not living. It doesn't mean that we won't go through challenges. Like the scorpion has the water inside of it, but it still has to get fuel, like it still has to eat, even though it's in the desert, right? And it still has to feel that connection. Otherwise, it will dry up and it won't uh, experience, right? If it does not nourish its vessel, we do not nourish our vessels, we dry up, we die. That's how it works. It doesn't mean that the water within was not there. It, it, it's always there. But it's also that that water needs to be nourished, right? That water needs to be nurtured. So Scorpio is an interesting uh, sign and the way that I, I usually describe it when I'm first talking about it is that it's the sign the reason that it's just so heavily associated with karma and the idea of like trans, death sex transformation that whole process the karmic wheel is because Scorpios are in it 100% but they're also observant of it 100% so it's this it's this kind of yin yang ebb flow uh, kind of balance and that's like true awakening is realizing that we are 100% immersed in this experience. There's no transcending this experience. We're here. We're in it. We're, we're 100% with it. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that just because we're in it, just because we're with it, just because we're aware of what's going on, that we're somehow uh, disconnected from the higher power or the, the, the divine waters, right? within us so it's about like the 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 quote-unquote real battle that we find in scorpio is the battle of harmony which is hopefully you know uh the the awareness of that 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 harmony is established in libra and then as we progress into scorpio the battle is fought right so that's the integration that's the idea of consciously crucifying the lower self as in esoteric traditions and also moving forward into Okay, I see both sides, and now I'm acting on both sides. It doesn't mean that I'm inactive with them, because that's like the staying in Libra, right? I'm just like, oh, I could choose this, or I could choose that. No, Scorpio is, I'm choosing this path, and this path is the uh, middle way. And that's how the kind of, uh, the, the saying for Libra, which is, the or the mantra for Libra, which is, I, I uh, see the line that moves between the two great lines of, or I choose the line that moves between the two great lines of force. The idea is I, I, I choose the middle way, but now I have to walk the middle way. And that, that is the kind of Martian uh, embodiment within Scorpio is like, now I have to do it, right? Now we have to do it. 
all these epiphanies and all these awareness and all these downloads and all this stuff doesn't mean that we still don't have to do the work. We're somehow void of that, right? It's about being fully immersed into the experience while simultaneously realizing that, you know, there's no, there's no real disconnect here. That was great. And one thing that I would add definitely is um, that one, you said that water is within when it comes to Scorpio versus when we look at cancer and Pisces, like you said, like Pisces is this cosmic consciousness. It's, it's that flowing through the, the sea of chaos that we live in. And cancer is the, uh, kind of collects these, um, this, this watery energy, it kind of collects um, emotion and it collects experience and sentiment and when it comes to Scorpio, it's, it's a water sign, and it does make sense that it's a water sign when you kind of look into it, because what it's really saying is that um, the waters are of the unconscious mind, but they're also of the outside world. And that's, this is where the ideas of this illumination comes from, is that when you recognize, when you recognize that the, the waters of the unconscious mind are the same as the waters of the chaotic world around us. Uh, the, there, there's that um, alignment of understanding from within and without. And because of this, uh, Scorpio really starts that path of illumination that Will's talking about, where we, we search for the balance with Libra. And then you move into Mars. And the way that I think about Mars is that it's it's a directly what's right in front of you. It's each moment you're pivoting, each moment you're becoming aware of, of what's going on. And, and sometimes, you know, it, 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 there's so many ideas all at once. It's like, which one do I do first? That's what Mars is, is like li linear thinking. And when it comes down to Scorpio, it's walking that path from Libra. It's walking the middle path in every moment. It's always pivoting back to the present moment. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, uh, Scorpio is, it, it's kind of a detective and it's kind of asking itself, um, you know, is, are these things serving me? It's asking itself, um, do these people serve me? Do these emotions serve me? Uh, because there's that sense of complete remembrance that comes about it. There's a complete remembrance of, I've learned this lesson, thus I'm aware of these things in the world. And as Scorpio grows, it goes from seeing emotion as something that's a weakness into into learning that vulnerability is actually the weapon vulnerability is actually the um maybe not even vulnerability per se but let's say rather not denying emotion or suppressing emotion but rather using it as a fuel source using it as, as a sense of uh, you know just as chaotic as the outside world is is just as chaotic as my inside world is and because of this i merge them and um walk through alignment mm -hmm. So, yeah, and, and something that came to me as you were saying that is like, what's more dangerous, the man who's always fighting and bickering with every single person that he meets, or the man who has the potential to fight, and is very, very good at it, but has also a lot of self control, in that he won't fight unless he needs to, you know, that man is the most dangerous, because he's selective of his battles. He's not just trying to fight everyone and be the macho man. He's, he's selective of saying, I know what fights I can fight. I know what I'm capable of. And I know what fights I don't need to fight. But this idea of like fighting the fight, so to speak, is about fighting for our freedom. Fighting for 
our ability to maintain that balance because it is a fight. It's a challenge to overcome the unconscious mind, right? We talk about alignment and, you know, uh, you know, positive thinking and all this stuff, which is great, by the way. And it works. It does. But it doesn't mean that you're not fighting. It doesn't mean that in order to overcome those things, it doesn't require effort and a fight on your part. Like, if you have believed a thought for so many years, you think that a little bit of positive thinking is going to just override 15 plus years of one thought. It's like you have to be out of your goddamn mind to think that, you know, you're, you're, you're just not with it. You don't get it yet. And that's fine. But like, if you want to, to really create impact, if you want to really create change, you have to understand that this part of our experience here is fighting the battle until that battle is resolved, which is the, the highest aspect of that, it, it, which we'll, we'll get into. Until that battle's resolved, we're always going to be fighting. But it, again, it, it's like, what are you fighting for? You know, are you picking every fight or are you fighting the right battles? You know, and that's that that kind of it's like, yeah, you can just say, oh, I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. And by the way, I've always, you know, been more to that side. I never really got into fights or anything like, you know, I fought with my brother and stuff, but I was never fighter i'm a pisces rising i i, I want to make peace at you know in every encounter but when you need to fight you need to fight you know when your life depends on it you know you're you're going to fight and a lot of people just have this lower level of awareness when it comes to shit like this that they they think uh, and this has been a theme that's been coming up in the people that i've been talking to recently is that we think that staying here where we are now in unhappiness is not costing us anything. And we think about the risks of us choosing something different. We think about the risks of fighting the battle to overcome this present state and create a new kingdom, create something new within our lives. All we think about is the risks of, about that. We're not thinking about how great our life is going to be, you know, if you if you have some reason and some some intuition and you're, you're pretty balanced there, hopefully you think of both of those things. But generally, when people are thinking about changing, they're not thinking about the benefits of changing. They're thinking about all the risks that are associated with change. They're thinking about the risks of what if I lose the battle? You know, if you're a warrior that goes into battle with the thought in your mind that what if I lose the battle, you're going to lose the goddamn battle. So if you want to win the battle, then you have to think about the rewards. Why is it worth it for you to fight in the first place for what it is that you desire and want? And this is a big theme of this season. And this is a big theme in Scorpio in general. But this season, as we talk about the actual astrology and the events that are unfolding, is really revolving around what is it you want to fight for, right? And in fact, in some senses, what is it you need to fight for, right? Because sometimes what we want to fight for and what we know we need to fight for are different. And that all, oftentimes has a lot to do with our beliefs. And that's, you know, a whole other topic that we could go on a long tangent on. But the, the, the basis of this is, is understanding what, like, pick your battles. What battles are you fighting? 
You know, is it worthy for you to overcome your spending habits so that you can actually begin to accumulate wealth? Yes, you know, that's a battle that you do need to fight. That is a battle you do need to overcome. Is it is it worthy for you to fight the battle of not against your partner if you're in a relationship, but can you fight the battle of overcoming the argument itself? You know, like uh, there's a great quote by Jordan Peterson and, and he says, you know, don't uh, seek peace, not victory, you know? And the idea of that is like your battle that you're fighting is is for peace that's the irony is like the the whole idea of this like mars and the warrior and all of this it's like on one way it's your will like and there's a big notion of willpower with scorpio and mars and all of that and that's the lower nature of mars is your egoic will like the, the will of your personality what can you create with that and the lot by the way you can create a lot with that more than you even think you can now but there is an aspect of divine will of you know, maybe you don't necessarily want want to, but you need to, because you know that by doing this, this is what is going to take me to where I'm I'm going to be. So with Scorpio, there's a there's a huge element of 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 need versus want, and that's really really important because need is I will do this, want is I'll think about doing this, right? And there's a big difference there, and that's kind of like the Libra versus Scorpio archetype. Libra's like, well, I want to do all these things. And Scorpio's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm doing all these things, okay? Watch me, you know? I'm doing them. I'm going to battle, you know? I got the sword. I'm charging. What are you doing? You're, you're planning all your moves? Okay, that's fine. But, like, I already did that, and now I'm going to battle. Because, frankly, it's not about just planning all the moves, right? It's about doing. It's about creating. It's about becoming. It's about choosing what battle we're going into, being prepared for that battle, right? There's That's the element of Libra. That's important. We got to prepare for what's to come. But at the same time, it's like you still have to do it at the end of the day, right? There's no, like, no amount of preparation can truly prepare you for what is to come. And that's the that's the hard fact is, like, whether it's you're trying to create a relationship, whether you're trying to create more money, whether you're trying to create a new opportunity for you to uh, increase your value in the world, wh- whatever new opportunity or creation you're you're working on creating, what is it you are willing to do to get that? What battle are you willing to fight to get that? Is it just a want? You know, it's like, eh, you know, I might want that. You know, I, I I could have that in the next year if I wanted to. Or is it a need? I need it now. And it's not this desperate clingy need, which we'll talk about as we go into the shadow and the, the higher aspect of Scorpio. But rather, it's a deep, deep, uh, intrinsic just knowingness that, This is what I need. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to get. There's no doubt about it, you know. Does that make sense? I kind of went off on a little tangent there. You went off on a tangent, but I I honestly, I didn't want to interrupt you at all because I was like, this is exactly what it is. This is Scorpio. And honestly, you're embodying it by putting in your, your effort to talk about this this idea of battles because we have to ask ourselves where do the battles actually take place they could be first of all they could be in the physical realm right which is like what do i desire what do i want to own like you know maybe there's a guy in front of you gotta knock him out right there's that aspect there's the physical aspect you know and then there's also the emotional aspect and then there's the ideas of like uh lying to yourself for example that's a battle like once you start lying then it you know becomes two lies and then that those lies need stories and that's a whole battle trying to keep that all together and additionally it's like 
when you mentioned just talking about the shadow, it's this aspect of uh, are you actually dangerous or are you just being nice as a mask? Is the is the mask of Mr. Nice Guy or Mr. Nice Girl or Mrs. Nice Girl, is that just really covering up the idea that you're scared to stand up for yourself, scared to actually uh, put yourself up and, and stand up for what you believe in, stand up for your values, stand up for, um, you know, what it is that you're actually – trying to heal in yourself a lot of the times and often this is one way i think about scorpio is that um i i look at scorpio like it's the um astrologer more almost more than sagittarius because uh scorpio goes in and it and it, and it analyzes its um its roots and it says like okay i'm weak here i'm strong here i'm able to do this here and there uh and through that through the the turning the unconscious into the conscious we become warriors. We become uh, action-oriented because no longer are we asking ourselves, what do we want? In Scorpio, we know what we want. Like you're saying, it's, it's rooted in desire. It's rooted in what brings us our sense of um, – it brings energy into our bodies whenever we chase what we desire. Yep, um, definitely. I feel like that dynamic between Libra and Scorpio is like the hoping in Libra versus the knowing in Scorpio, you know? There's that aspect of will. It's like Venus is like hope, you know, the highest hope of what could be, you know, all these potentials of like, this is what I want. These are what I'm wanting. And the Mars aspect of Scorpio is like, this is what I'm getting, right? This is what I'm getting. I know it. It's not a hope. I know it because I'm getting it. <laughs> you know, there's no, it's not, it's not a joke. It's not like we're just going to talk about it. Like I'm getting it, Right. Now, the difference between Scorpio and Aries there, though, is that Aries is going to do it always. Like, it's always going to do, 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 do. But Scorpio recognizes that, you know, a warrior is not always on the battlefield, right? That's kind of the childlike, childish essence of, of Aries is sometimes Aries, on, if they're, on, you know, on the more shadow side or the lower nature is more uh, the the idea that the warrior means i'm on the battlefield and i'm i'm battling the enemy you know that's what a warrior is but scorpio understands no a warrior is someone who is fighting for a cause what is that cause right what is it that i'm fighting for that's the end result that's why i'm a warrior i'm not a warrior because i'm fighting and killing people or i'm 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 killing you know the old parts of myself or i'm killing you know whatever old constructs that need to be destroyed in order for new foundation a new kingdom to be born i'm not i'm not killing it out of pleasure of killing right that's kind of like the sadistic kind of like shadow maybe side of of scorpio that you know you can you can see some people but that's just the lower nature of mars is this blood and like i gotta i gotta i i have to win in order to prove that i'm right and you're wrong you have to be wrong in order for me to be right that idea versus the idea that what is it that I'm trying to achieve here? And in some cases, there is no exception to, uh, to, to, there's no exception but going to battle. You know, there's no exception but me pursuing this wholeheartedly, even if that means tearing down some shit, you know, causing some destruction, like breaking these kind of patterns away in order for me to build now, you know, new. It's like it's like you know if you if you're going to pave a road, you're not just going to build over a forest. You have to clear it first. You know you have to clear the environment first, and that's kind of the battle. 
is how do we clear all the obstacles within our path? And then from that state, how how do we build onto that? Right? Of a true warrior is not thinking about the fact that I hate my enemy so much and, you know, that, that I really I just despise them and I want to kill them. But it's more so that I will do whatever it takes for me to get what it is that I'm fighting for, for me to achieve what it is that I'm fighting for, for me to receive the outcome that I am going into this battle for, right? It's the idea of like, you know, in Roman times, they would burn the, uh, burn the ships when they, when they went into, uh, in, into battle, right? There's an ancient battle. I forget uh, what battle it was, but basically they burned their ships. So they said, the only way that we're going home is if we win this, you know, there's no alternative. We die or we're in prison. Like we're not going home. So, burn the ships and that's like the archetype of scorpio you know every scorpio or scorpio rising that i talk to at some point in their lives have burned the ships you know burned it all down to the ground and uh and and just dismantled what is in order to create the new growth for for what is what is occurring and i you kind of see that in the idea of like when a forest fire takes place you know it's actually healthy for the forest in the long term we may look at it as like oh my god the destruction you know of all these trees and all that but without it you know the pine cones would not spring open the way that they do you know without it the seeds would not be germinated and new growth would not take place there is no destruction uh without creation and there's no creation without destruction they are synonymous to each other you know there's no there's no avoiding it just like there's no uh, you know, true life without death, and there's no death without life. There's no beginning without endings, and vice versa. I uh, <clears throat> that's a great example, honestly, of the uh, of them burning their own boats. It just as a general representation of what Scorpio is, but more importantly, the Mars side of what Scorpio is. Because when I think, just to take it back, when I think of Mars and Aries and Mars and Scorpio, it's they're so different of approach. Oh, yeah. of an approach to war and you know i think okay mars and aries that's like the spartan that's like the guy who's like in the battlefield he's like actually yeah, like he's like there to cut heads warrior. off yeah. yeah exactly and and but then mars and scorpio is not like that almost at all Mar- mars and scorpio is the a war general that's in the in a safe place like planning the 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 war while mars and aries is more like the battle mm-hmm. and so mars and scorpio is more like okay i see there, i have to go through here to get to the next place that I need to battle, which means that I have to fight this battle before I can go to this battle, which is the, that's the, that's the idea of the actual war. It's like, not who, it's not who wins the battle. It's who wins the war. Yeah. Um, and, and part of that means, you know, like you said, you have to actually face the battle and it's not about just like fighting off, like you're not fighting off uh, symptoms of the root cause in Scorpio. You're going to the root cause, taking a real honest look at it, and dismantling it from the bottom up. And often, you know, with Scorpio, we see how the symptoms uh, reflect in our everyday life, right? And so when we have unconscious blockages that we need to battle and get rid of, uh, we, we waste so much time fighting the symptoms, you know? Like, we waste so much time whenever someone, let's say someone who's like a, a reflection of like a, maybe a bad stepmother keeps coming into your life or something. It's like, until you address that, and you change your, you know, your your reflection of it internally. Um, it'll keep coming. It's a reflection of a blockage. And and Scorpio is like, I need to I need to clear out all these blockages. I need to put them in a giant fire, burn them down, and start fresh. Cleanse myself. And a lot of the times, that's 
why Scorpio is so associated with going to the underworld because it's the underworld is the the realm of where uh, all of those blockages exist and we have to sort of fight our way through fight them as we fight our battles exactly exactly yeah and do, you, it's about... do you want to talk uh, real quick about how or just do you want to move into how mars and venus and the moon and uranus are affected by scorpio yeah so i mean going back to the idea of like mars and aries versus mars and scorpio I like what you said, but I don't even think Mars and Scorpio is quite like a like a general because like they're still immersed in the battle, you know, they're still there. So I would even say like it's kind of like the idea of like a special forces versus like a regular infantry soldier where, you know, they're not involved in any of the like an infantry soldier is just going to battle. It's just going to war. It's just it's just serving basically and just doing what it's told and like going in, in the direction that it's deciding to go in. Right. Whereas a special force is more precise. You know, there's more things going on behind the scenes. There's more there's kind of a more uh, a macro uh, understanding, even though they're not, they're still present to it. They're still in it. It's not like they're not still fighting, but there's just a, a, a bigger goal here. And that's really kind of what I was trying to reiterate with the, with that in the beginning is that, you know, Mars and Aries is focused on creating the creating within the short term, creating uh you know, powerful, powerful manifestors. By the way, My, you got Mars and Aries, powerful, powerful manifester. Uh, but it's 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 about the you know more more or less the the lower realms uh, of of manifestation. Whereas with Mars and Scorpio, it's more about you know t- taking. It's the difference between the lower will, like I was talking about the 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 lower nature of Mars. You know, the the egoic will. You know, what I want, what I desire, versus. What is it that, you know, source wants me to do? What is, what is my higher calling here that I'm, that I'm really, you know, moving towards? And I think that's, that's just a really important kind of, you know, background to, to understanding the difference mm-hmm. between Mars and, in Aries and Mars and, and Scorpio. But yeah, if we're looking at, um, so well, real, we, real quick, I want to add, uh, it's, it's really fascinating to me. You, you, you pulled this out of me while I was thinking or while you were speaking is that, um, Mars is, I mean, I generally associate Mars sort of as a more masculine planet, just being that Mars is, you know, the divine masculine in general. But when we look at Cancer and Pisces, like Cancer is ruled by the moon, and that's very feminine. And Pisces is ruled by Neptune, which is also very feminine. You know, besides the fact that Neptune is a is a male god, it still has those feminine aspects. Yeah. And this is really where you see how feminine energy gets put into actual battles. This reminds me of, like, Kali, the um, uh, the Hindu goddess who is mm-hmm. just, like, slaying heads, right? She's just, she has, she's merciless, but she's, like, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And that's what's really powerful is, like, we can't look at feminine energy and say, uh, this is only for receiving, this is only for, um, you know, like, being sensitive. It's really, like, there, there are multiple sides to the energies, and uh, Scorpio really it shows that here in Mars and and being the home ruler, it's like, this is where it wants to be. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, that's really important. But what I just want to talk about, um, as we, as we get into this, cause I do want to get to, you know, the actual events of this, um, season as well. But yeah, before we get into it, like looking at, for example, Venus is now in Scorpio as we're, as we're talking about this, Mercury's in Scorpio, and they've been in Scorpio for a little while. So, if we look at just Venus, like singling out Venus in Scorpio, 
Venus wants, like I said, it wants the desires, right? It wants the, uh, it wants the, the, the things, it wants the experiences, it wants the, it wants to attract, right? It wants to bring in. That's what Venus is, is for. That's what the feminine is for, for attraction, for magnetism, for bringing things in. But Mars wants to go and do and create and, uh, and, and become and, and, Mars wants to be the one who takes action. And so when it comes to Scorpio and just looking at the archetype of Scorpio, removing Mars for a second here, just Scorpio, Scorpio, there is a deep desire to create with both its lower and higher ruler as Mars, but, and and become and, and do and, you know, everything that we were talking about with the battle and all of that idea. But if we look at Venus being the, the attraction, bringing like, I want it to come to me Venus and Scorpio, it's almost like I want to bring the battle to me. I want to, I want it just to come to me, right? And there's, there is benefit to that because, you know, in, in some situations, circumstances, and events, like that's, that's beneficial. That's helpful. But generally, like, you don't want to be the one just waiting. You want to be the one that, you know, goes and, and does it. So there, there's a diff, there's a kind of, this can be a barrier here, which is why, uh, you know, Venus is not very happy in, in, uh, in Scorpio. It's that fall, right? So it's like, uh, there's a detriment. Yeah. Um, there, there's a, there's this aspect of, you know, in order to, to, to be a warrior, you can't wait for the battle to come to you. You have to go and declare the battle and go towards it. And Venus doesn't like moving towards things. Venus likes things moving towards it. It's like Venus doesn't want, like, like if you think of Venus and women and, and the feminine, like, the feminine doesn't want to go seeking, right? It wants to be found, right? But the problem is Scorpio, uh, Scorpio is a seeker, you know, in many regards. That's kind of the idea of initiation, the, the, the initiate or the disciple and as the evolution goes for, for Scorpio. So, this is the contradiction that's that's kind of occurring right now is that we have this desire to uh like collectively to, to, to we're we're seeking but part of us is still uh you know wanting the battle to come to us and this is just going to kind of be reinforced a little bit more as mercury uh has retrograde on halloween because there's going to be that that element of like well why do I have to go out and and do anything? Why do I have to go out there to fight the battle? Why can't I just be here? For why can't the battle just come to me? And you know, in in some regards, that may seem like a a good decision. You know, you could say, oh well, I could be more prepared when we just wait for the enemy to come to us, right? Like you you know, you, we can prepare the walls, we can prepare the traps, we can we can we can get all the the people together and all of that, and 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 be prepared. Yet, also you leave yourself in a vulnerable position because it's like now you're, you know, it's kind of out of your control, right? When the battle starts, it's out of your control. It's just whenever they show up in the same way, if you're waiting for life to happen to you, if you're waiting for the events and the experiences in your life to just like be reshaped, be transformed, be, be changed. Like we're going to have, we're going to run into some difficulties because change requires your conscious momentum towards it. Right, you have to be willing to change for change to occur, right? And uh, 
and we were talking about this this quote before but there's a quote by wayne dyer that says you know when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change and that is 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 a really really present factor here as we see this and and we'll we'll talk a little bit more as we go through the season two of like when venus comes to meet uh, jupiter in uh in, in sagittarius season uh early yeah 24th of november that's going to be a really big integration of of everything that you know we we've been mentioning so yeah um and then looking at i mean let, so let's first talk about the uh let's talk about the, the the new moon here because i think that's that's really like this is this is what's coming up first and this is what's coming up next and then we can talk about how mercury retrograde kind of just like takes us uh from there as well um an interesting thing to note is on the day of the new moon the sun's also opposite uranus so we have this like you know intense uh interaction actually i just pulled up the wrong chart it's really huge honestly because if we think about it i mean being let's talk about this because your uh scorpio is actually exalted in uranus right and so let's think about why it's like what is uranus it's this idea of revolution of change from the old structure into the new structure the progressive uh deterioration the destruction of the old and then the integration of the new and when you have the sun opposite to that because uranus is in taurus at about four degrees and the sun is it going to be at four degrees on the new moon Mm-hmm. and oh sorry the the sun and the moon the new moon are yep. at four degrees wow yeah. see even, that's even Uranus, more powerful yeah. so like we didn't even talk about this yet and we should be ashamed of ourselves but this uh there's this idea of the uh the scorpion totem and when we think about the scorpion totem uh we, we i guess we did mention it we sprinkled it in but mm-hmm. the the this first few degrees of Scorpio, let's even say like zero to 10 degrees are, are that of the scorpion. And this is what Will was talking about at the initial bit of the podcast where he said the water is within the scorpion. And uh, often what happens with a scorpion is that uh, when that water is exposed or, or spilled, let's say, then there's a re- retaliation. This is where the stinger comes out. And then it turns into the eagle and it transforms into the eagle, which says, I'm above that realm of, of acting on, out on emotion. and st- I've learned my lessons, right? I, I have complete remembrance of those lessons that I've learned. Um, and then ultimately it moves into the phoenix. And this is the most important part of this whole transformational journey is releasing all of that old and, in, and accepting in the new. And so what's interesting about the fact that the sun and the moon are at four degrees is that this is an emphasis on the scorpion. This is an emphasis on what triggers you. This is an emphasis on uh, w- what actual blockages are you not addressing and are you allowing to continue to rule your life? Maybe, like it's Will said, where you are waiting for the battle to come to you when in reality the battle is already present. It's already around us. Mm-hmm. And it's whether or not you're willing to get up and put yourself into it. And I know as of the past few weeks that we've had Mercury and, and Venus and Pallas and a couple other uh, placements in Scorpio is that, uh, there's that there is that emphasis on go to the battle, and which me, to me personally has been get started. Mm-hmm. Start doing the things that you actually want to do, and uh, it, it's overcoming apathy, especially with Mars and Libra because yeah. Mars and Libra is in detriment. And when it, what that means is that, you know, so oftentimes we have to find that motivation instead of, which is through decision. Mm-hmm. And decision is the opposite of procrastination. 
So I'll, I'll let you take over. I just wanted to throw yeah. my head in there. No, that's, that's really good and really important points that you, that you hit on there. And, um, yeah, if we just look at the, the fact that the, the new moon is opposite Uranus, like, let's like just looking at that aspect in itself, like, okay, new moon is Scorpio planting these new seeds, getting rooted with the foundation of what it is that we're creating, getting rooted with the foundation of, of, okay, like, what is it that I really want? What is like, not the hoping, right? Like we were talking about, mm-hmm. what is it that I am creating? What battle am I choosing to progress into? And do, opposite do you Uranus, feel, that's not. Do you g- feel personally that it's already here? That what we've been deciding is already standing out, and that this transit is actually going to more or less not ask us what we're looking at, but rather to reemphasize mm-hmm. what we're already doing. Because I feel like all of the Scorpio energy has it's already it's been pulling those desires out of me. It's been showing me if I got to transform, it's me. And I feel like this transit with Uranus is is going to be. This is the 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 real call, the real awakening to say, I am going to be doing this, and this is not just a phase. This is a a real change, mom. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And that's like you know, your Uranus really one touches on a lot of traumas. Like it, it it's our quantum memory, right? It's uh, it's kind of like the Akashic records or the data bank of the collective. Um, and in our own charts, it's our it's our soul, you know, data bank. You can kind of see it like that. So opposite the new moon, and this is an, a really important new moon for getting clear on. Because again, this is three days before Mercury heads retrograde, right? So the 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 big seeds that we're planting now are we're going to revisit them. By the way, after uh, Mercury goes direct, so you know, be mindful of that too, uh, and be mindful of you know during this Mercury retrograde period or the next like three weeks, look at the lessons that are coming up, the 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 big lessons that are coming up. Like, for example, Venus is going to touch Mercury. Uh, the, this new moon opposite Uranus is, again, bringing in this idea of, like, the seeds that you're pl- planting now, the direction that you're going now, you have an opportunity to move beyond what has been. Like, you are gifted with this opportunity to begin the battle and so kind of to answer your original question there was that like yeah the battle's here but the the battle is not it's again it's not about fighting it's not about like it's not even about doing necessarily it's just about the commitment it's about the the commitment to the cultivation of this this vision that i have and that it's the it's the unwavering faith that's that's really needed right now um and that's like a big theme of this this new moon is like because we're going to be tested right? Wherever this uh, Scorpio uh, Taurus, you know, axis is within your chart, which we'll dive into with the rising sign horoscopes coming up soon. Make sure you follow us on uh, on Patreon uh, to get those early. Um, wherever that is within your chart, you're going to feel that, that action take place, you know? Uh, so for Scorpio, uh, like risings, Again, I'm not I'm not getting deep into this at all, but I'm just I'm just kind of stating a point here for Scorpio risings because it's like this idea of the new moon bringing this new emergence of the self, which may mean a redirection of my relationship energy with Uranus in the seventh house. You know, I'm seeing a lot of 
divorces with Uranus transiting through the seventh house. And I'm not saying if Uranus is in your seventh house, like you're going to get a divorce or you're going to break up with your partner. But a lot of times that just means creating a, a deeper sense of boundaries and a deeper sense of freedom. Uh, like, you know, what, what are my boundaries and, and where can I, you know, create a deeper sense of uh, liberation within my life? In general, though, for, for this new moon, like a big, big, big themes around letting, in a sense, like the, the real battle is, is like h- how willing are we to change and, and how willing are we to let go, you know? How willing are we to surrender? There's that element of surrender in Scorpio that is not talked about enough. We just hear the detachment side of it, but it really is surrender, you know? It, it really is learning how to surrender the the fact that, yeah, you know, like every warrior going into a battle knows like a part of him knows that this could be the last battle this could be the last thing i'm fighting for you know this could be it but if that is the dominant focus if that thought is the dominant thought as you're going into battle you're going to lose the battle so it doesn't mean that we're 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 not like you know the unknown is always going to be terrifying right the unknown is not always going to be enjoyable in fact it usually never is it's scary because it's different. It's it's different from what is. The unknown, the, the darkness, whatever you want to call it, right? The unconscious. They're they're all kind of synonymous with each other in the in the in the relation that I'm I'm talking here. And that is it's always going to be scary, but the battle is to, to go move forward anyways. You know, move forward anyways in trust, in, in in with that idea of trust and trust that everything's gonna work out. Trust that these are you know, this is happening for the better. You are going to be better as a result of what is being created in your life. You, The reason that you're fighting the damn battle in the first place is to make your life better. So think about that. Think about the, the life that you're creating, the life that you're bringing forward, right? There's a potent, potent, potent mantra, and I've been saying it to like all these, like I've been, all my clients for uh, astrology consultations have had crazy Scorpio themes that are you know, coming up. Grand water trines like galore. I've had like three clients with grand water trines. It's messed up. But um, and uh, so it's this. the The mantra is "Warrior am I, and from the battle I arrive triumphant." And the 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 arrival is the recognition that it wasn't about the battle. The lower warriors focus on the battle. The lower self is focused on the bickering and the duality and the and the separation and the the fact that I, that I'm fighting against something. Meaning that one of us is triumphant and the other is not. But the real end goal, the real triumph, is recognizing that it wasn't about the battle. It was about what I was fighting for. You know? So, this season, and this new moon is like planting the seeds for that. Even more so than the first day. You know, we talk about the first day kind of shows a snapshot and that's true. But um, but the uh, the season is really planted through this new moon. In realizing that, yeah, we're not, like, the battles that we're fighting, it's not to fight a battle. We're not fighting just to fight. We're fighting to receive the outcome, and that's what we're focused on. We're not focused on the battle. We're not focused on the fact that we could lose the battle. We're focused on the fact that this is what we're creating. This is what we're establishing. I want this. I am going to get it. I will do whatever it takes, because it's not that I want to fight this battle. It's not that I want to do this thing, you know, like a mom, a single mom who's supporting her two kids. She doesn't necessarily want to work as much as she works, but she's going to do it because she needs to. She needs to support her babies. She needs to support her children. 
You know, she needs to do it. This is not a want. It's like, oh, I'd like to get another job. It's like, no, no, no. If I don't, you know, there are going to be consequences. And it's not that I'm obsessing about those consequences because some people can use those consequences as a means of like motivating you to do things. And that's if that's what you need, you know, then so be it. But what about the rewards? It's like when I do this, I get to do this, you know. Like a mom is not thinking about, oh, maybe she is, you know, uh, maybe that's why she's so stressed out. Maybe she is thinking about the fact that, oh, I might not make rent this month, so I got to work more. But hopefully she's thinking about, I'm doing this because I love my children and I want to give them the world and I want to give them everything that they're desiring. I want to, you know, make them feel supported and loved and I want to to to, to give them their needs and everything that they, they want. So this idea of the, of I am you know, warrior am I, Scorpios are warriors, you guys are the warriors of the Zodiac, you know, the, but you're the ones who are fighting the real battle, and the real battle is the, the overcoming of the egoic will, and the um, full embodiment of divine will to create the kingdom, you know, and in many cases that requires destruction, in many cases that requires war, it requires the old uh, paradigms to be shattered in order for new paradigms new beliefs new creations to you know arise over top of that and that's these seeds that are being planted and uranus comes in in this opposition here with this new moon and it's saying like you know whatever it is that it is you're wanting whoever it is you're desiring to become whatever will you are desiring to bring into being you know you need to trust how that's going to unfold. You don't know what the battle's going to be like, but you're going to fight it regardless, and you're going to, like, overcome it regardless because you have to. This is something that you have to do. This is something that you're going to do regardless, right? You don't get into the battle and say, it's going to go like this, it's going to go like this, it's going to go like this. You don't know because you don't know, you know, you don't know what opponents, what your opponents are thinking and what they're going to be doing, right? You're not thinking about that. You're just thinking about, I'm going to overcome this regardless of what, what is thrown in front of me. And Uranus likes to throw things, you know, in front of us, little obstacles, little uh, little opportunities for us to say, hey, oh, there's healing here that needs to take place. There's an opportunity that we need to accept regardless of if we can't see clearly the defined outcome. And for those of you who want a reminder, this new moon is on October 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have the time that it's actually happening, Mo? Yes, 11.37 p.m. 11:37 p.m. Watch out, those, watch out for those watch out for those those Uranus sideballs that he's talking about. Let me yeah. ask you, I was I was thinking of a couple of things while you were while you were talking about uh, Scorpio here is I want to talk a little bit about the ideas behind the the resistance to vulnerability or maybe even acting alone or or keeping secrets or maybe uh you know what what is it about Scorpio that brings about maybe a suppression of emotional need, maybe a misuse of, of maybe even sexual energy. What is it about Scorpio that, what advice would you give to a Scorpio that is uh, acting in secret, that is trying to act alone, that uh, is, is having difficulty connecting with people and really having a difficulty expressing like what the, what the direct problem is. What would your advice be, Will? Well, if you are resorting to the expression of your lower self, if you are resorting to the expression of 
the manipulative shadow self that we talk about with the with the lower nature of Scorpio, the possessive manipulator, you know, the control freak, the, uh, you know, the, you know, whatever you hear people shit on Scorpios all the time, right? All that, all those lower archetypes. But if you are resorting to that, it's because there is the resistance is the belief of separation. And that is the, basically you haven't quite reached the point where you're fully convinced of, you know the outcome of what it is that you're you're in in battle for meaning if you're going to war you best believe you should know what it is that you're fighting for and if you don't you're going to run into problems and that's the that's the lower nature of scorpio is like it's fighting the battle without knowing why it's like if you're doing things without knowing why you're doing them you are a slave to your lower nature right you know carl jung's got the great quote um, you know, until you make the unconscious conscious, you know, it will control your life and you'll call it fate. And that's, that's really, really present here in that whole idea of the undoing and the, the lower nature. So I would say if you're, if you notice yourself operating from those lower tendencies, having to manipulate instead of asking, right? Having to manipulate, uh, the, the people into giving you what you desire instead of just asking straight out, right? having to control the situation instead of surrendering the situation, right? Uh, fighting the battle without a clear definition of what your outcome is desiring to be. So, you know, when we're operating from that place, um, nothing of substance can be created, right? We can only create, like, you know, action taken from a place of lack can only create more lack. If you don't know where you're going or what you're doing and you're still doing things, stop doing. You know, everything that I'm saying, I was saying, this kind of contradicts everything that I was saying at the beginning of just do, do, do and create. But it's true. Like, if you don't know where you're going, stop. Because what are you doing right now? You're just doing more harm, right? If you don't know what you're fighting for, stop fighting, right? Be aware of why the hell am I fighting? Am I fighting because I've been told to? Am I fighting because this is what I think I'm supposed to do? Am I fighting just because, like, this is what I believe is the right thing? It's like, okay, you know, those are all fine answers, and a lot of people will probably have those answers in, in various forms and manifestations, but you have to know why. And if you don't, you are a slave to your lower nature, and the idea, the 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 whole notion, so there's a crisis that takes place in Scorpio. It's called the crisis of battlefield. And the, the conflict, uh, or the, 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 the challenge or the opportunity that, that occurs is conflict. Learning when is the importance for conflict and when is the is is conflict unimportant, and conflict is unimportant when there is no clear definition of what change you are hoping to create, because if you don't have a goal in mind, if you don't have a vision in mind of what th- you are believing this conflict, like if you don't have an outcome, if you don't have an outcome of what your ideal resolution is, be you shouldn't be having a conflict. But yet people nowadays, and I'm talking collectively, and like if you're in the lower nature of Scorpio in any manifestation, right, whatever planet or where wherever it is in your chart or whatever, if you're in that lower nature, notice when you're fighting the fight without knowing why you're fighting the fight or without understanding the idea of the resolution to the fight. Because if you're fighting for the sake of fighting, that's not a warrior, right? That's a slave. 
That's like draft versus like someone who's choosing to enroll in the military, choosing to fight for, you know, their their country or their their army or their beliefs, right? So that's a big distinction between the lower nature and the higher nature is when you notice yourself operating out of those lower tendencies, it is because on some level you have bought into this idea of separation. You have bought into this uh, this illusion of the need for conflict, right? We think that like if conflict is your first result or is the, is the first kind of resort that you go to, uh, there's no resolution in mind. But if you have a resolution in mind and you realize that the only way to overcome that is through a little bit of conflict, you know, a little bit of like resistance, friction, then so be it, right? So be it. Sometimes heat is necessary to create an alchemical uh, change and sometimes cooling is necessary and sometimes sitting is necessary and sometimes moving and swirling is necessary and sometimes violently shaking is necessary and sometimes, you know, uh, aggressive uh, temperature changes are, are necessary, hot and cold, right? Uh, the, the, the idea or the concept that I'm going at here is that, you know, the, the, the battle is relative. We're always on the battlefield, but we don't always have to be fighting, right? And if you don't know what you're fighting for, stop fighting. And if you don't know where you're going, stop moving. Because it's like saying like, well, I don't know where New York is, but I'm just going to go in this direction and hope that I get there. It's like, what is the likelihood that you're going to get there? Very, very unlikely, you know, unless you know where you're going. So if you're going in the direction of California and you're, you know, you're trying to go to New York, which is the opposite way, like you're not going to get there. And you're like, well, I'll just go, you know, and I hope that I, my idea is that if I do this enough, that then I will, you know, receive a deep understanding of, of like, I'll, I'll get to my destination. But the problem is you don't have the destination in mind. It's not like I know the pathway to this. And I know that this moving to in this direction or doing this XYZ action is what is going to, you know, what is my, this is my less, next logical step. So that's really, really important is we, we supplement. Um, there's a, there's a good quote by Zig Ziglar and it's uh, don't confuse, um, is it don't confuse action with uh with accomplishment never confuse action with accomplishment because we a lot of times we think that we have to take action and like in many cases that's not the case you know we we don't we don't need to a lot of times it, you know precise uh battle like if you read the art of war you know like the last resort is war always always right the the first resort is reason like the first uh resolution and ideal should be reason but at the very end of this if we come to through reason and intuition and and you know really observing the entire picture here really getting clear on the why the the resolution and the, and then we can draw out the pathways to that resolution we can come up with the ideas right so i think just people in general and if we're talking about scorpios in general there's a tendency to to really jump into you know i need to do this to get to here right this outcome why you know why does it have to be such a struggle you know why does this action have to be the action that takes you there right you're not clear enough on your resolution if that's the case and that's okay by the way 
the whole purpose of life is to get super clear on that your your whole time and 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 go towards that so that's okay but you have to be aware of it you have to be aware that this pathway that you're taking is not the only pathway even if you believe wholeheartedly that it is right now right and that's this is really what this new moon's going to you know plant as we you know kind of evolve through the season is like you know get more clear on the why than the how cuz the how doesn't doesn't matter that much what you're saying really reminds me of the Scorpio totem because that lower nature of the scorpion is on the battlefield, which means like to me, like we've used that word more than the word transformation, the word battlefield, right? But to yeah. me, what it means is that it, you, how can you see where you're going if your view is from the view of a scorpion, right? Yeah, from the exactly. view of all the way deep on the ground, crawling under a little rock. How can you know where you want to go? Because this whole time you're talking about how uh, to, to, to clear up the way to see the vision, to see your mission, to align with why you came here, to understand your journey. Uh, all of that has to do, like, how do you actually clear your your mind and, and know, like, why you're fighting a battle? To me, the first step to asking why and to under, getting that, that more clear picture is to first address those shadow aspects, to first address the, trauma, the traumatic uh, incidences that have happened in our life, maybe the energy that we've taken on from our parents. It's, it's guaranteed that we've taken energy on from our parents or whoever is our you know, role models or whoever we look up to. And it's our job to take the things that we don't resonate with and to understand them and then to transmute them. Because as we get rid of these, uh, you know, the things that we want to keep secret from the world, as we get rid of the sides of ourselves that we want to hide away, then we start actually transcending into the eagle and the eagle knows where it's going. I mean, it's got that vision. It sees the ground from above. And that's when you no longer have to fight every battle on the ground and you start actually seeing more important battles like maybe you swoop in and get it you know in on that action versus just like every single thing that comes your way so do you want to go ahead and talk about uh mercury retrograde just for a second and talk about um maybe how that might affect us it's this is going to be happening on october 31st halloween which is all hallows eve yes it's so cool very scorpionic very spooky season, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, well, like the simplest, like this is what every every astrologer should have their answer to this, and I want to know yours. Okay. What is Mercury retrograde to you? When Mercury heads into retrograde motion, did you hear my vocabulary, folks at home listening? <laughs> when Mercury heads retrograde, not when Mercury goes into retrograde, not when Mercury is in retrograde. But when Mercury is in a retrograde motion, meaning it's going backwards, not a sign as in Mercury's in retrograde now. Mercury's in the sign retrograde, guys. Like, you know, light up the fucking town. Shit's burning down. Technology's malfunctioning, you know. Shit is, the world is coming to an end, even though this happens like four times a year. So, more than that. So, you know, anyways. Yeah, what is Mercury retrograde? Mercury retrograde is, is is a time where our outward mental um, communication and expression as a collective is brought inward. So our thoughts are, are the way that we communicate naturally uh, in, a, in an outward way is kind of reversed. The, the flow of energy, I always see, uh, describe retrogrades to people as in, 
you know, you could see a planet as flowing in one direction when it's in a sign and direct. And then when it's retrograde, it doesn't mean that it's like, for example, if you have Mercury retrograde in Scorpio in your chart and someone else has, uh, you know, Mercury retro, uh, Mercury and Scorpio direct in their chart, you know, there's going to be a lot of similar correspondences there. Like there, there's going to be a lot of similar archetypal traits. But the difference is the direction of the stream of focus or energy. So retrograde planets uh, collectively move that stream. So, for example, if we think about Mercury, the idea of Mercury, thoughts, thinking, mental activity, expression, uh, communication, right? Uh, in a sense, the technology to, to some extent, right? So that is its natural expression. So inward, what is the reverse polarity of that? Okay, well, obsessive mental thoughts, you know? Like overworked mind, not clear, concise communication, logic, reason, all of that. In fact, like this, this, this overwhelmment of, of mental activity, right? Whereas it's a regular stream. Okay. Now the reverse polarity is like, you know, now it's this like, you know, kind of ecstatic stream of energy. Um, and in regards to communication, you know, Mercury on the lower level ruling, um, ruling the devices in which we, we communicate with. You know, when it's direct, it's like this is our natural day-to-day occurrences. You know, we're so connected right now. Brent's in Louisiana. I'm in Toronto, and we're we're recording this. You know, at the same time, like we're we're all connected in that way. But then when Mercury has retrograde, um, there's like that. There's kind of that reverse polarity where, yeah, you know, you, you'll notice that things start to, you know, go a little haywire and all of that. I mean. Unless you got progressed Mercury retrograde, then every day feels like Mercury retrograde, like I do. So you know, I'm used to this technology, and when shit goes, you know, crazy, it's like uh, whatever. You know, it's just another thing to deal with. But to sum that all up, my definition as an astrologer, my professional statement of what Mercury retrograde, which by the way, every Mercury retrograde is different because we have to look at the uh, the ruler of the sign of Mercury, and we have to look at a lot of factors, and also just the transits that are going on around that as well during that period and before and after during the shadow periods as well but to sum that up in the simplest terms that i could use is that mercury retrograde is a period of time when we need to be more mindful of the way in which we are communicating and not take the way in which we are innately communicating meaning our subconscious like the the habitual experiences of communication not take that for granted because again, like I said, the polarity is reversed. So the usual norm is a little disturbed. It's like when the currents cross, you know, there's a little bit of friction there. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, disturbances. Like, you know, I feel a disturbance in the force. You know what I'm saying? So there's a, there's that, there's that, there, there is a little bit of turbulence, you could say, you know, in regards to communication. So, you know, during this time from uh, October 31st to November 20th, you know, take the time to be extra mindful, combing your communication, like combing who you're communicating with, how you're communicating, uh, what you're what you're saying uh, to people, how you're saying it to people. You know, uh, a lot of times it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying it, right? Mercury and Scorpio too, a lot especially of times. With, yeah, especially yeah, with Mercury and Scorpio. Especially with Mercury and Scorpio because there's a lot of emotional volatility that can occur here, right? There's a, there's a process in psychology called sublimation, which is uh, basically a uh, like a very fancy way of of saying observe your thoughts, observe your unconscious habits and 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 traits, 
Freud talks about it. Carl Jung talked a little bit about it too. It basically means that when you feel an emotional reaction come on, you have an option to explode. Like if you feel anger coming on, you have an option to explode in anger. But you also have an option not to. You know, you have an option to fuel that anger and 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 utilize it as fuel for something else, right? You have you always have the option. Like the way that you express your emotions, the way that you express yourself in general, it's just either what you're subconsciously doing all the time or it's what you're choosing to do. Most of the time it's what we're just subconsciously used to to doing all the time. And and that's the kind of unfortunate truth of that is that we're always usually operating out of this subconscious mechanism, but we're not thinking about how this is happening. And that's the difference between an immature person or someone who is not very self-aware to someone who is self-aware and is more mature is that when I have an emotional reaction come up, I know that, you know, it's probably not the greatest thing when I get angry to break shit and to yell at people and to hit people, right? It's probably not the greatest, greatest thing for me to do. In fact, it's operating at a lower nature that, like we've been talking about. So using this process of sublimation or observing your thoughts, observing your reactions, because behavior is a choice, right? Behavior is a choice that's made out of an emotional response. We experience an emotion. We take an action as a result of that emotion to express it in some way. And whether that's conscious or unconscious is totally up to you and wherever you're at along your journey of self-awareness. But being extra mindful of that during this season of this process, for example, if you you get freaking angry at something, something really is peeving you, you're getting real frustrated at it, you know, you have the option to react in the way that you've always reacted. Maybe you explode, maybe you implode, you know, you turn it all inward and you hate yourself and you eat, overeat or you use, you know, hard drugs or you, you, you drink your fucking sorrows away or whatever coping mechanism you use normally that's unhealthy and you know is unhealthy but you just do it because that's what you've done and that's how you do it and all that stuff whatever that kind of process or, or understanding is utilize that as a p- moment of observation and that's the that's the witnessing consciousness that is embodied within scorpio and this is why i'm bringing this up and i'm it may sound like i'm going off on a tangent here but it has a point and that is that like I said, Scorpio is fully immersed in the experience, but they're also the observer to it. So it's not that I'm saying I'm not going to react at all, but it is saying that I'm going to react out of my conscious choice, not just fighting the battle to fight the battle, right? What is it that I'm hoping to create here? What is the end result? What, you know, Stephen Covey, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, great book. Start with the end in mind, right? Always start with the end in mind. You never start with the first step. You start with the end in mind. What is the big vision that I'm cultivating here? What is the what what is it that I'm hoping my emotional expression of this anger, what is it that I'm hoping will when I smash my fucking place will bring me, right? It'll bring me relief. Okay, how else can I get relief? You know, how else can I utilize that? Right? Maybe you get really frustrated at your partner, or you get really frustrated at someone that you love. You know, you could lash out on them. You could uh, break up with them. You could uh, run away from them. You could just, you know, go numb, right? And detach completely, disassociate. All of these are, are different ways that we cope with it. Or, or, hear me out, you could observe what's going on within you, not blame the outer world for, for that, but notice it within you. Notice that this action happened in my outer world. I'm bringing that awareness now to how I'm feeling. What needs are not being met and how can I meet those needs? 
and voila, you have a solution instead of just problem after problem after problem. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of did get on a little bit of a side tangent. But the, the, the point that I was trying to make was that, you know, this idea of sublimation or this idea of observing and, and being that witness consciousness, still being involved, still being present, right? Not just dissociating, being like, oh, I just observe it all, man. Like, no, observing who you are and how you're operating and what you're doing. Because that is ultimately going to create or destroy, you know, everything that, that, that you're embodying and, and all that you're you're hoping to create in this world. I like that because it's it's really what you're describing ultimately is the idea that we have the ability to transmutate, which means, you know, making first the observation and then you when you start from the, the ending like you're talking about you can choose to make the situation completely opposite. If it starts with anger, you can choose to, you know, if someone's angry at you, you can say, like, how can I make this person laugh right now or something? And that's, mm. like, the art of transmutation, which is, like, you mm. don't have to be victim. And in Mercury, Mercury in Scorpio gives you that sense of, like, really, it's it's right in front of your mind. Um, I won't go too much further in, but I like the idea of sublimation just being an observer and when we bring it back to Mercury in retrograde, Mercury going, stationing retrograde, right? It's mm. it's about being in the moment. And I've noticed this in the shadow period already is that any time that I'm even slightly out of the moment, I start like spilling drinks. I start like saying things that they don't come out exactly right. But when I'm when I'm in the moment, that's when I'm able to transmute like all of these ideas of like someone's angry. I'm well, I'm fine. It's not me that's angry or, you know, not taking on people's energy, but really more or less not retaliating in that Mars way, which if we think about Mars, Mars is aggression. And that's where that sense of Scorpio gets kind of emotionally aggressive. And it's our job to identify that and say, this is who I choose to be, not who I am reacting into. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, very, very important. And um, something else to notice is like, you know, day before uh, Mercury heads direct is like Mars enters Scorpio. So now it's like this new opportunity to like, if we've been in this void for like the whole retrograde period from the 31st to the 20th, you know, the, the idea of action is not necessarily like during this, like, for example, from the 31st to the, to the 19th, 20th, like action is not the priority. Mars is in Libra. Like we're not doing like, that's not the main focus. You know, it's more about reflecting and, and getting clear and, you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, which is challenging because there's a deep desire to do and a deep desire to create and a deep desire to, you know, accomplish and all of that. But um, when Mars heads into Scorpio on the 19th and then the very next day Mercury stations direct, now it's like, okay, you've had the time to reflect. You've had the time to get clear on the, you know, the vision and what it is you're creating and all that fun stuff. But now it's time to do something about it. It's like it's not enough to just think and reflect and ponder, like I was saying in the very beginning. Like it's not enough just to hope. It's not enough just to think about and look at all the different things and all that fun stuff. But it requires a deep commitment to achieving it, attaining it, doing it, you know, creating it. Not just saying and talking about it, but like, okay, I want change in my life. Okay, I've done a lot of reflection where am I going now? You know, what am I doing now? How am I creating this now? You know, um, 
And yeah, with Mercury Stations Direct 2, it's going to be like Trining uh, North Node, Sextiling South Node, like a lot of kind of weird, you know, events, Sextiling Saturn 2 here, and also Trining uh, Neptune. So there's there's a lot of like cool kind of weird, um, again, deep, deep rooted in reflection and, and remembering and reminding ourselves of who we are and what it is that we're creating and establishing and building and what is our willingness to go after that? What is our willingness to fully commit to the battle, right? The real battle. Like, choose your battles wisely. We have the time to reflect and prepare before battle during this retrograde period. And then it's go time on November 20th, where it's just like, everything you've learned. Like, not, and I say this to my clients all the time. Knowledge is useless unless it's applied. Unless it, you take action on it and actually integrate it, you know? You know, knowing is not uh, is not enough. You have to apply. You have to do it. I uh, I feel like I've been learning that lesson in a lot of ways when it comes to Scorpio, because I see Scorpio on the two sides, and Mercury retrograde really s- signifies this. But the two sides I see it in is that on the external side, like the Mercury direct bef- before anything, that 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 side to me is like learning how. Like, it's like business psychology. It's understanding mm-hmm. how people work. It's like not just yeah. yourself, but it's people. It's outside of you. It's like how yeah. the world works around you. Then with the the retrograde bringing it inward, it's more like wh- how does your psychology affect the world yeah. around you? How does your approach to life affect everybody else's approach to life? And these two kind of almost polarities of like the external world and the internal world, it emphasizes that the external world is a reflection of the internal world Mm -hmm. and and that's what mercury retrograde is trying to teach us is that yes you can be good at business but are you paying attention to how it's affecting you maybe you work too many hours or something you know and the question is like when it comes inward it's asking us to look at the things that are still blocking us from seeing like maybe we have a maybe we are you know thinking about our money or thinking about our business and we want to let's say we wanted to improve it well, how can you improve it before you improve yourself, right? It's the reflection yeah. of the internal to the external. Absolutely. And that's all I would add with Mercury Retrograde because it's it's saying look at your own problems. Look at your own self. Yeah. Like don't even – it's not about anybody else. It's, it's not about, about the outside world. It's not about them. It's not about what they're doing. It's not about what's happening to you. It's about what is going on inside of you and why do you keep seeing it in the same way? And this is what this Mercury retrograde period is really going to remind us and bring us is why do you have to see it this way? Like no one's forcing you to see it this way other than yourself. So why, why, why do you have to see it that way? Um, why, why does this have to be this way? It doesn't, right? It really doesn't. And well, that's the hardest thing though. It's like, there are things with Scorpio that I learn that I mean, I'm constantly trying to consciously, I'm trying to turn my unconscious into the conscious. I call myself Alchemist Apollo. Mm-hmm. Constantly, I'm being greeted with things by Scorpio that are showing me like, how did I miss that? How did yep. I not see that? And that's the thing about the mystery of Scorpios. It's like, yeah. it can be easy to say like, okay, well, these things are blocking me. But no, it's not. It's really difficult to say that something is blocking you. Yep. It's it, it's all you see is the reflection of what's blocking you. To look at it is what illuminates it and that's why scorpio is an illuminating sign so is taurus the polarity and it's 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 really that you don't know what you don't know and because you don't know what you don't know means that the first step is to say what don't i know what do i not know and then and then that's it that's you're on your journey and if you know 
and you think you know, to know and not to do is not to know. Mm. So you realize you don't know shit first. <laughs> and when you realize that, then you realize, oh, I'm actually on the path to knowing now. That's the irony is like you have to admit to yourself that you don't know shit. And you have to admit to yourself, and that's the kind of like the the ego kind of thing in battle with Scorpio is like it's the it's the willingness to admit wrong in order to make right, and that's the hardest battle because that's a battle out of the self and into higher purpose, higher you know drive and devotion. And Scorpio, there's a huge element of devotion with Scorpio. Scorpio, Scorpio rising, Scorpio moves. These are the types of people, and any Scorpio placement, in fact, are, depending on you know how that's expressed, obviously is going to vary depending on what placement. But Scorpio is an incredibly devoted sign. You know, whatever it is that they like, love and appreciate and admire, and they that they're trying to cultivate, they are devoted to the end. You know, these are the they're fixed signs. That's the the nature of it. Once they're rooted, they're rooted. You know, they're not one to easily sway from from their decisions. If they, you know, like, for example, Scorpios are, are not necessarily people that desire to have short-term relationships. They are, you know, people who desire to have long-term, rooted, secure relationships. Um, it doesn't mean that those aren't going to be the most transformative and, and, and crazy, evolutionary, changing experiences. Because they are. <laughs> and they always will be. But it does mean that, you know, there's that anchorage point, there's that devoted, there's that commitment kind of aspect of, uh, of Scorpio too that's really, really integral. And as, uh, as we enter into Sagittarius season, which we'll talk about uh, on the next podcast, like literally a few days after Mars heads into Scorpio, Mars will oppose uh, Uranus as well. So there's that, there's that added element of like when the sun has already passed that, and then in fact, if we talk about the new moon, you know, on the, uh, when the, the 27th, um, that is going to be that, that pinnacle moment of, like I said, it's like, you know, we have to create the, the deep desire for what it is that we're trying to get rooted on right now. What is the clear vision? And the Uranus is going to take us and give us all sorts of, you know, different pathways, but we just have to keep walking with that, with that intention in mind, with that, with that outcome in mind, we have to keep going forward. We have to keep moving and starting with the end in mind. And in the way that Mars is expressed here as Mars moves into um, Scorpio during uh, during the end of, of Scorpio season and, and pro- progressing uh, to uh, oppose Uranus, like literally on the last day of Scorpio season, that is going to be kind of the pinnacle moment of are you fully devoted to what it is that you're creating, right? There's the, the clarity is here now, right? The Mercury retrograde period from the 31st to the 20th or the night uh yeah to the 20th is this idea of like what what needs to be rearranged uh in order for me to to progress forward what inside needs to be sublimated what inside needs to be reoriented right what inside needs to be transmuted for me to create gold how can i take this lead that is within me and create it into gold i can take this mercury (laughs) and turn it into gold you know and that's a big big theme over this uh mercury retrograde no pun intended but there's that there's that idea of like now that i have all my my ducks in a line you know i gotta take the shot and that shot by the way is not gonna look like what you think it's gonna look like and that's that mars opposite uranus kind of aspect there is like it's not always gonna think you know the 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 necessary action 
that you just know you have to do is not always going to be necessarily what you want to do. And it's also not going to necessarily be what you think you should do. But it's just a knowing. And that's the difference between knowing and hoping. You know, people always say, like, how do I know what's my intuition versus, like, what is, you know, my mind? And it's like the intuition, it's just this steady knowingness. It's not trying to convince you of things. You know, when you get an intuitive insight, it's not dancing around like your ego does of trying to convince you all the facts and all the numbers and everything. It's just like, no, this is what it is. Intuition to me feels like an aha moment that pops yeah. up, like yeah. the like the feminine chaos. I'm pulling it in, and it's yeah. and it's giving me an answer that I I needed in the moment. And it's simple. Like it's simple. It's yeah, simple. It's always simple. It's not. It's not paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs. You know, it's it's it, you know, if you're seeking guidance in meditation and prayer or whatever, and you get those little little like you know one sentence little one liners, and you're just like, what the fuck? How did I even like? How could I think about that? That's that. That's the intuition coming full force, and that's going to be a huge factor too. By the way, intuition versus mind over this Mercury retrograde period too, uh, which is important to to note as well is like that that balance between uh, yeah, what is the what is the mind versus what is uh, fact, and that's that element of paranoia that can that can be manifest in the shadow aspect of Scorpio of like obsessiveness about you know, and that's the control mechanism. And again, like I said, you know, falling into the lower nature of Scorpio. It's the belief that on some level, I'm separated from the whole. I'm cut off from this. I either have to be fully in or I have to be fully out. There's just two extremes. There's there's no kind of centeredness to this. And that's not the highest element of, of Scorpio. The highest element of Scorpio is the recognition that I can be fully in, one foot in, one foot out at the same time. Right? One foot forward into being fully present here it's not even one foot in one foot out it's both feet in both feet out like at the same time it's the paradox of like being fully immersed in the present fully engaged in battle but being fully aware of the big picture being fully aware of who we truly are you know beyond the habits and the beliefs and all that garbage I uh I just have I have a very simple question that yeah. doesn't require a tangent but uh but it but it it could that's why I said that. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier you mentioned that uh Uranus is associated with like the akashic record and mm-hmm. the the remembrance of mind at a deeper level. Now Uranus exalts in Scorpio and I'm just curious as to how you think the connection between maybe the akashic record side of Uranus and the exaltation in Scorpio sort of come together is there's this like sense of like as we transmute and we get rid of you know all of our traumas that are are, are not are not self our uh, ideas of what we take on that we believe which are which are lies to ourselves mm-hmm. is that the essence of moving closer to the Akashic record, is that how you perceive that? Can you can you Yeah, let me let me word that, that a little bit. A let me let me way. word that a bit a little bit better. So the way I view the Akashic record is it's it's this idea of uh it's the history of me. It's the history of my energy. Yeah. Um and, and it's the history of everything. It's like the, yeah. the USB memory card of the universe, basically. Yeah. That's just the way that the energy is. Now if it's exalted in Scorpio, do you see that the highest side of Scorpio is ultimately connected very deeply with this Akashic? Is that what this really means to you? Like, is it? Yeah, is that... I feel like I, I, Scorpio at the highest level is the complete 
emergence into the unknown. Like that's the idea of the darkness kind of so and death associated with Scorpio is it's like, you know, through death is life. You know, through the darkness is creation. You know, it all like in the beginning there was darkness and the the word said let there be light, you know. The the whole idea that we have to go through the darkness or we have to go through the unknown to get to the known, to get to the light, to get to the you know, we have to go through death to get to life. Like the the whole that that whole you know polarity type of dynamic is Scorpio is about the remembrance of of the the macro picture of that. It's like there's no fear. Like it it doesn't mean that fear doesn't exist on some level because frankly, like you know, the ego is always going to be scared to some extent. But it does mean that the the higher knowing overrides the egoic um, the the awareness of the egoic. Uh, kind of tendency to to be fear based, so it's it is about more or less moving towards this. Um, it's like my faith is so unwavering. It's like I know that even if I die, I'm going to be reborn again. So it doesn't matter. It's like that faith of like it could be the end if I go through this darkness, or it could be the end if I go through this battle, but. I'm doing it anyways because I have faith. I have this like unwavering belief in myself and in what I am creating. So in the same way, the yeah, the kind of relation between Scorpio and Uranus as I see it is that yeah, Uranus is kind of the imprint or the the energetic residue of every choice that we've made and every every kind of, you know, decision uh we've made that has had some kind of emotional um, imprint on our psyche, which ultimately imprints our our consciousness, uh, you know, at the at the highest level. Um, so, the connection with Scorpio there, though, is is the the realization between, yeah, I, I, when I can fully have this unwavering faith of what I am as a as a macro, right, and that that is taken into account all the 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 residue of where I've come from, all the residue of. Of, of what I have gone through and what I have become, you know, there's a huge element of history with, with Scorpio. There's a huge element of like, that's the, that's the, that's the difference. The, the main difference between Aries and, and Scorpio is that Aries is discovering and Scorpio already knows and is doing as a result of having experienced it. So it's kind of like Aries is just like, going into the unknown having zero faith whatsoever besides the fact that eh, it'll all work out i'm just going you know i want to figure out what it's all about scorpio knows what it's all about and because of that it's choosing to go towards that does that make sense it makes sense because aries is the first of the zodiac and i think of aries as being blind to the rest of the zodiac but if you think of scorpio it's like i mean we're getting towards the end of the season here right where mm. we're in fall and so Scorpio sees what's what's come before it, and it also has to see where it still has yet to go, which is part of the the adjustment almost it seems as along the journey. It's like okay, well I've learned some lessons between Aries and leading up to Scorpio, and now it's my time to to check in and to reanalyze where I am and where I'm going, and that's also the same idea within within a lifetime but also within many lifetimes is where am i and where am i going and what's my what's my real purpose here in doing so um which is interesting because i i talk about this i'm not going to talk about this right now but i talk about this uh often to people where scorpio is one of the most interesting signs to me because it starts that path of illumination 
because it goes into Sagittarius and then Capricorn and then Aquarius and Pisces. And to me, that's probably one of the most interesting sides of the Zodiac is that uh, ascent back into spirit, that ascent into uh, chasing something that really is meaningful and, and doing it because it's a journey and because it's a battle and because it's hard. Not doing things, you know, if you do things because they're easy, you won't get great results. If you do things that are hard, you get great results no matter what because you have learned something. It, and I, I can't remember the exact quote about that, but anyway, if you put in easy, you get out simple. And if you put in, you know, hard, you get in mm-hmm. rewarding. And yeah, it's like it's like the idea of like, you know, you have to put in high risk to get high reward. You know. And actually this is actually kind of um I I'm just listening I don't I don't I don't remember where this thought came from, but uh, in Revelations um, when, you know, Jesus comes back um, after, you know, the end of times idea, right? Um, he he has this one quote, and I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not even going to attempt it. But it's basically the concept that, you know, he, and, and, you know, I this is obviously, like, take it as you are. I'm not a biblical guy, whatever. But this there's a lot of powerful archetypes here, and it, it is related to what we've been talking about. And that is, like, you know, when, when, this the world savior the christ comes back he's he's not judging the people even if they fucked up and even if they made lots of mistakes and they did wrong and they did a lot of evil those are not the people that are being judged the harshest the people that christ said he would judge the harshest are the people who did not take the risks who played it safe who basically yeah did not get outside of their comfort zones so it doesn't matter if you fuck up right because at least you have that experience now. At least you know, I fucked up, you know? I, I, I need to do something different next time, right? Some kind of, something needs to change, right? But you don't even know that if you're not taking that initial risk. So that's that really kind of integral part of, of Scorpio too, is like you have to know that this got a, yes, it has a high risk, but it's got a high reward. And that's what I'm going for. I'm going for that high reward. It's like, of course, like the, the risk is always going to be there. But, like, the reward is not always going to be there, you know? The reward is, is waiting for you to, to take it. And that requires, you know, an investment on your end. You know, the law of equal exchange. You have to give something to get something in some yeah. way. And the thing that's interesting about rewards is you have the ability to choose your rewards before you actually go and aim for them, which is why Scorpio has so much to do with desire. And yep. one thing we didn't mention is that uh, Scorpio actually rules the sexual organs. And if we look at that energetically, it rules the more sacral and root chakra, which are about desire, about the, the material world, about using creativity and using that groundedness to uh, to reward yourself. And But how do you get that high reward is through a high risk. And so it's about being, you know, uh, creative along your path of desire. And so one way you can think about this is that um, when you do something challenging, reward yourself. I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, get, like if you're reading a chapter of a book, have eat a piece of candy when you get through a chapter or something like that. You know, it's, it's a good way to keep yourself at pace is mm-hmm. to set a goal and then reward yourself along the way. As in, you know, it's, it's, this is how you actually propagate forward. Yeah. So. No, and that's 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 a really important kind of analogy too. Is that like you you have to be like the reward has to be good. You know, it can't just be like something that you're you're drudging away at and there's no there's no reward. Otherwise, you'll just give up. You know, 
the reward has to be so great that you'll do whatever it takes. Like, you know, if you say you want to make a million dollars and you really mean it, because most people, when they say that, they, they don't mean it. You know, they're just like, ah, it'd be nice to make a million dollars, you know, but uh, they, they don't mean it because if they did mean it, they would do whatever it takes to get that. You know, for me, I know I'm making, I'm going to make a million dollars, but I also want to do it on my terms, right? So that's the important part is like, this is, these are the kind of conditions in which I desire it. Like if someone were to offer me, you know, uh, to basically a job to work for someone else and make a million dollars a year, I wouldn't do it. And some people are gonna be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But like, I wouldn't because I live life on my own terms. I make my own schedule now. I do things on my own. Frankly, I don't like listening to people. That's why I'm an entrepreneur. That's why I do, you know, I have my own business. That's why I do all this because I don't like listening to other people uh, tell me what to do and dictate and basically run my life. I want the freedom of that. So a million dollars a year, if someone else is offering me that, I'm still, you know, getting fed in a sense by someone else. And that's not as satisfying as me making that on my own terms, doing what I love to do. You know, that level of satisfaction is worth far more than a million dollars a year that anybody else could could pay me you know or even in the example of like you know six figures a year or something like that that's more realistic of like yeah if, if, if you're working a job right now or say you're working for yourself and you only make like 30 grand a year working for yourself and someone came along and said i'm gonna give you five hundred thousand dollars a year but you got to give up your dreams and you got to just like work for me basically you know would you do it and if the answer is yes you know i really highly suggest you rethink you know, your life and like what it is that you're you're creating in your life. Because if you don't value your own freedom as much as you do a dollar amount, like that's what's wrong with people. Like that's what's wrong with the with the situation. And I'm not shitting on people who work jobs because frankly we need <laughs> Right, like, right. That's an important jobs. point like, to put. <laughs> that's an important point. Like we and and you know, I've been there too. It took me a long time to get to where I am now and like be completely independent on my on myself. So that 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 takes work and and time and effort and you know you got to know business and all that like there's so many hidden factors that are you know it'll be great to be an entrepreneur no it's not it's fucking shit and you work way more than you would if you worked a job by the way so if you like you know your nine to five then keep your nine to five do your fucking thing man but like at the same time how much do you value freedom how high is the reward for me the highest reward is freedom right you could not put a dollar amount i would rather work like literally 18 hours a day making like five grand a month than working a nine to five, five days a week, making 10 grand a month or like a hundred grand a month. You know, that's literally the the point that I'm at in my journey. And part of me, like the ego part of me, like it even hurts to like to say that out loud, but it's true because like, I know what I'm doing. I know that everything I'm doing now is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then if I straight off that path, I would feel terrible. And that's kind of the, the point of uh, no return. And that's kind of how I wanted to summarize this whole episode and end it off uh, with is that point of, you know, when the reward is so great that it is costing you so much uh, and you're realizing the cost of, of not receiving that reward, reward right now, when the reward is so great that you have no choice but to move in the direction towards it, right? That's the sweet spot. That's what you want to be working towards. That's what you want to be achieving and, and creating. When that reward is so present in your life and you're ready to go on that, you're 100% ready to move forward and propel yourself towards that, that's how you know 
you're on the right path. That's how you know it's time for battle. That's how you know it's time to suit up. It's not like I'm just going to, you know, fight and then hope that I get this. Or I'm just going to do all these things. You know, I like people think I got to make a website first before I start, you know, creating an offer or something like that. It's like if you don't know what it is that you're creating, and we're just speaking from a business perspective now, but I can apply this to relationships too. Like from a business perspective though, if you think that the first thing you need to do is get a website before figuring out what it is that you're going to offer your client and what, what target audience that you're, you're trying to target, like you got your priorities wrong, man. Like I only just made a website like literally a few months ago after having like no website for years. And I've been doing this for like, you know, three, four years full time. If I were to apply this to relationships, it's the same idea. Like, you know, if you don't get the priorities right, you're missing out on the big picture. And that's the big kind of theme of, of, of Scorpio season. Like if you're, for example, if, if you're prioritizing giving your girlfriend gifts all the time, but you're not prioritizing listening to her and tending to her emotional needs and tending to her sexual needs, like she's not going to stay with you long, buddy. Like she's, she's going to leave. And uh, that's all your fault. So, you know, in, in the same way, to kind of summarize this, wrap this all up and not continue ranting for another three hours, uh, get the reward or get the end goal, get the desire, your highest desire, so clear in your mind that you have unwavering faith within yourself that there is no other option for you but achieving that, moving towards that, right? And when you do that, you arrive triumphantly from the battle because the battle is just getting to that point. That's a real battle. I agree. That's beautiful as well. And the thing that I'll end this as well with just, uh, I have another quote by Jordan Peterson and I don't even know if it's his quote, but one thing he says that will reemphasize your point is that he says, you should push the biggest possible load that you could possibly push and still move as your key for navigating the world. And that's exactly what you're talking about, Will, with this idea of, uh, I don't want to work for someone. I want to take the burden of working 18 hours, uh, you know, in a day versus working whatever, eight in a day. And that's not, it's not because it's a, like, you know, you're, you're stupid. <laughs> it's because you have a bigger mission at hand. You add, the, the why that you're talking about isn't just like, oh, I just go to a job because everyone goes to a job. It's I wake up and I do what I want to do. And that's worth that extra, you know, kind of suffering that you take on. That's carrying the biggest possible load that you can. It's still making efforts to move because you know where you're going. Exactly. If I sleep in, I'm I don't get fired, right? If I if I stay up all night and work, and I do nothing in the day besides like you know, play guitar or um you know work out or meditate or go to Starbucks or read, and I just do all my work at night, like no one's yelling at me, you know, because my desire right now for freedom is so high that I will do whatever it takes to get there. And that, by the way, that doesn't mean butchering my body. Like I'm not one that's going to, and I have definitely, that's been a big theme actually <laughs> through Libra season is learning more self-care and learning how to you know, take, have that balance of work-life balance and all that fun stuff, um, which is like my Aries, you know, second house, Venus, Sun, Saturn, and Aries, go, 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 make that motherfucking money, man. Like, you know, so um, yeah, le- learning that is important, but uh, there was a point that I, that, that I was bringing that up. Um, 
yeah, I guess the point was that like your when your desire is so strong when you have this like unwavering belief within yourself like you can and will achieve it like it's not like a matter of can i will i you know i hope i knew it's like no you're fucking doing it like do you, like burn the ships man like go forward that's it period zip not a done you know mic drop <laughs> it takes a lot of shadow work to get to a place where you know what you want that's the hardest oh, part yeah. in the whole world is to know what you want. Clearing the shit out clearing, of the way so you can actually listen and hear what, what your you know higher self or what your higher you know being is saying. And it's it's, it's saying it loudly. You just got a lot of shit in your ears that you just like, you know, it's all clogged. But anyways, um, that kind of sums up our, our forecast of the overall season. Um, and uh, we will be out with the individual rising sign horoscopes as well so stay tuned for that on a mindful moment podcast make sure you're subscribed on apple or spotify so you get notified when that comes out um and make sure you're following us on instagram at a mindful moment podcast you can also follow brent at alchemist apollo for his daily astral updates and you can follow me at i am will nichols for all the goodness that i'm creating as well and make sure you subscribe to our patreon to support the production of future episodes patreon.com slash a mindful moment and you can buy brent a coffee as he stays up uh, all night editing this and uh and, and pumping it out and um and yeah you can you can upgrade our equipment too you know we're we're we're, we're setting some goals here we're gonna have some uh, I'm, it's, it's soon time to retire the the blue microphone and uh and get some some badass uh badass microphone setups and eventually podcast studio and all that fun stuff too so yeah, make sure you head on over to our Patreon. You'll also get the Rising Sign updates early as of uh, starting this season, actually. So you'll get it a day or two early um, compared to everyone else in the world. So get to be a little bit more special than the other people in this world. So bring in that Scorpio feeling of pride, okay, during this season. Anyways, thanks for listening. And once again, thanks for joining me, Brent. And uh, we will see you in the next podcast episode uh, for the Rising Sign Horoscopes. And yeah, once again, make sure you follow Brent on social media and myself. And once again, thank you for taking a moment to be mindful with us. Happy Scorpio season. Happy solar return to all the beautiful Scorpios. And this whole podcast was dedicated to Scorpio Rising. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Shout out to Scorpio Rising. Oh, shout out to Scorpio Rising. We love you so much. Thank you for, for being so great. <laughs> Have a great one, guys, and we'll see you soon.